You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Camilla Stanthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? I'm well, Pete. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know what I've been thinking about, Natty? I just as we continue to have this goat debate uh between LeBron and Michael Jordan and whomever else you want to put into the conversation. I just wanted to point out that yet again, LeBron James has shown to us that he's needed a super team to do something that MJ did with a bunch of castoffs uh, in saving the saving the planet. Cast-offs. I mean, Michael Jordan played with Bugs Bunny, uh, t- yeah, Devil. an elite generational talent. Oh, he he had to teach them how to play basketball. The only person who knew how to play basketball was Lola Bunny and Bill Murray. Loki mildly. And now LeBron is out here recruiting Superman, Gandalf, the Iron Giant. Like, I just I just think LeBron needs to uh, you know, accept what he has and, and just play with the team around him. That's what a true greatest of all time does. So I just think it's yet another example of MJ being the GOAT. All things being equal, I'd rather have bugs. Ooh, spicy take that you would have rather have bugs over an all-powerful alien Superman uh, with laser eyes, ability to fly, super strength. That's that's a hot take. Superman has died and has failed. Uh, that's Scoreboard, true. Bugs and Scoreboard. <laughs> Scoreboard. How many times has Bugs Bunny died? Not as many as Superman. So I guess you've got him there. You know, point proven. I don't need to brag about it. <laughs> a silly debate obviously bugs is number one obviously. in almost every list is he is he the goat are we looking out at this wrong is it not the goat debate not between lebron or, it's or the wrong question bro we should be asking who's the rabbit who's Ooh, the bunny nice 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 the best underrated new <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh <laughs> nice uh you're winning year. keep no. going keep going yeah, no this is i'll th- i'll think about it well i'll have something at the end of the pod okay i look forward right, to it that's my goal is to figure out what what bunny stands for don't think about what we're talking about just yes no i won't pay attention to, to anything we're talking about <laughs> just talking about uh figuring out what bunny stands for all right let's get into our waiver wire ads this week as we do every week we have three different four different categories excuse me we have our dunks who are players who are 70% and under rostered on ESPN, our layups 50% and under, open threes 35% and under, and long twos 20% and under rostered. Daddy, why don't you start us off this week with uh, your dunk? My dunk this week is a trivia question for you. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. 
who is the lowest rostered player in the top 70 in basic fantasy basketball? Mm. Okay. Let me, let me, let me top 70. You say the lowest rostered player in the He's top 61st 70. on the season. Okay. Is it 61st, 61st, 61st? How, how much rostered is, uh, how, what's Joe Ingles percentage now? No, but good guess. He's over 60, I believe. Oh, yeah, he is well over 60. Uh, is it is it your 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 favorite uh uh Bucks center? There you go. There, there you go. Brolo himself is 61st on the year on the player raider. He is the lowest rostered player in the top 70, as I said. He's 57% rostered. He's been number 36 over the past month in basic fantasy. Since March 1st, he's 13 plus points per game, five boards, a dime, one plus block. Love to see it. 51% from the field shooting. Only two players this season have 70 or more total blocks and 70 or more three pointers made. It's Brolo. And how about you try to guess this one too? Okay. <laughs> Blocks and three pointers, right? That's right. Um, who shoots a lot of three? If you get this, you're legend. Okay, okay, okay. I can do this. I can do this. Is it? Uh... No, I can't do it. Yeah, what? Give me, give me, give me their position. Okay, they play in the front court. In okay, the in the east, front court in the east, front court in the east, front court in the east. Uh, is it Giannis? No, it is Chris Boucher. Or Chris Boucher. Boucher shoots threes. Wow, I forget that. I mean, these aren't like top five, but no, there but... are only two people with this amount of volume of blocks and three-pointers made. And so you, both those I like guys that. Are... Yeah, and, and Chris Boucher, I mean, obviously he's been a breakout this year, and the fact that you can get a player who's comparable to that free off the waiver wires – uh, you're obviously here for that. The, the, the blocks, three pointers, I would love to, and this maybe, maybe we do this, maybe someone else who has infinite data and infinite time on their hands could do this, but I would be very curious to see what is your percentage percentage of like, uh, roster, roster percentage on winning cha championship fantasy teams for players who have like high defense and high three pointers, because I feel like those two categories Obviously, stocks, we talk about it a lot. You're going to get extra points for those categories, and those are always great to have. And then three-pointers, if you shoot a lot of threes and make them at a good clip, that's a good indicator you can score a lot of buckets on any given night. So I feel like that that combo of three-pointers and blocks, it's a rare, a rare gift, and you want that on your team. That's why we spoke so much about Brolo two and mm. three years ago. And yeah. the the rarity of that combo has become less rare. More people are doing it, um, including guards. And Brolo's shooting efficiency has gone down and he's not delivering as much volume as he did a couple of years ago, but he's still delivering you immense fantasy value and as cheap as anybody. So if he's available, you should go get him. If he's not, maybe you can trade cheap for him because he's older and hasn't been as good. 
in the past, but he's been on a roll. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a great waiver target and one who we have loved for many, many he years. 26 points the other night, I think. I mean, you'll love to see that. Uh, my dunk this week is Mile Bridges for the Charlotte Hornets, yes, 63% rostered on ESPN. Uh, Miles Bridges has been playing pretty well this season, but the cursed man himself who mm-hmm. has made a deal with the devil to, I don't know what, but clearly the devil, he has not repaid his debt because the devil is taking him uh, often and frequently. That's sounds like some, uh, something that the, the people <laughs> of would not be pleased along with Nike's blood shoes. Uh, Hayward is out for the next four weeks with a foot sprain. And I would have to think that Miles Bridges is the favorite to then start in his place at the three. Yes, sir. So in the last eight games, 28 minutes off the bench, Miles Bridges is averaging 12 points per game, six boards per game, two assists, 1.6 stocks, 50% from the field, 42% from three. Those numbers are just going to increase with minutes. I mean, he might not get much more than, like I would say he probably is now going to get 30 to 32 minutes per game, but that's going to improve all those counting stats even slightly. uh, And you'd love to see that. And the, the thing that I also really like, the Hornets are the currently the fourth seed in the East. Right. Um, so this isn't a team that's like this injury is a big loss, but it's also like they are going to put their self in the best position in order to succeed. And they are going to, this is a team that's still going to be fighting for a playoff spot, which means like miles bridges shows anything like he is going to, they're going to be putting up numbers. They are going to be staying in games. This isn't something that like now this team is suddenly just going to give up. They're going to be fighting to stay into that. Uh, and so that's going to be a lot of high pressure moments and a lot of minutes for miles bridges to walk into. Also a guy who was coming off the bench and now he gets to start over Always. the past week. He's fourth in minutes per game on Charlotte fifth in shots. He's averaging 14 plus points per game, seven plus boards, a dime over a dime and over a block per game. Um, Charlotte wants to stay in the playoff hunt. Obviously they don't want to just crater, but they've had seriously bad luck. So now that we're past the trade deadline and I'm skeptical that they would add anyone who was bought out, um, Charlotte has to play who they have. So this is a volume play. Also miles bridges is super fucking fun to watch. He's just, his dunks are magnificent and just so violent and awesome. And, I I do feel like that's a good reason to play people. Like, oh my god, he's a perfect example of like the reminder that fantasy sports are meant to be fun, and you want to like obviously you watch basketball to like watch your favorite teams play and or favorite you know however many teams you got. I obviously have one, so you watch your favorite team play, watch your favorite teams, watch your favorite players, and like this gives you an excitement level too of picking players that are fun to watch to be on your fantasy team so that you have a not only a vested interest in watching those games, but those players who you're watching are enjoyable to watch. And Miles Bridges, you're totally right. Is a guy who uh, just throws down the most silly dunks and alley-oops and, uh, and is wildly entertaining from that standpoint. He was my stud before you told me that he was. Oh, and then I changed it. Um, I just sort of feel like he's a guy that if Hayward hadn't been signed by Charlotte, he oh, you would think have been that he would have the whole season. Yeah. So this isn't an audition, but it is like pr- an opportunity to prove himself right. I'm a starter totally. in the NBA, um, and that will be 
you know, hopefully I think for him next year, he does start. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great point. Uh, who's your layup this week? My layup this week, this is under 50% rostered again. Nice, is, nice way to do my job. Good for you. Thank you very much. Derek White, a guard who also gets blocks. Derek Your White, boy. Or I just absolutely love him. He's nearly 40% rostered, 39.9. Uh, he's the 43rd best player over the past month on the player Raider. Mm. Since March 1st, he's averaging 15 plus points per game, three plus boards, three dimes over a block a game from a guard. Love it. Uh, he's third in minutes per game and third in field goal attempts per game on the Spurs. He is absolutely safe in minutes and shots. There are four players this season, <laughs> four players, Pete, who average six plus three point attempts and one plus block per game. Those four players are Kristaps Porzingis, the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, Jeremy motherfucking Grant goes stuns. Your boy. And Derek White. Mm. It's a good group. And Chris you know what's big cat, Jeremy Grant, who's a gigantic 6'9 forward with arms that go forever, and Derek White, who plays in the backcourt. You know, you know what's also exciting about uh Derek White is the fact that since March 10th, over those last 15 games, shooting 39% from the field. Despite yes, his career average being forty five percent, he's so super, like if those minute or if that percentage evens itself out back to even if it, if he becomes a forty two percent shooter, he's still taking twelve attempts per game. Like his points, he's scoring fifteen a game on thirty nine percent. Like that's you know that's impressive. Uh, and so that the scoring could even get better. And when you already have that defense locked and loaded, and that's not changing, and those minutes aren't changing, like. Derek White, we talked about him last week, and there's not too much more needs to be said, but the fact that there is not only are you getting a player who's giving you numbers now, but a player who could be even better like down the road. Yeah. We just talked about players that give you three pointers made and blocks and what a Boom. nice combo that is. This well is a guy done, who's Maddie. doing it from, thank you very much. Learned from the best, sir. He's giving it to you from the perimeter. So, yeah. um, the Spurs are in the eighth seed right now in the West. They're 24 and 23. They absolutely want to be in the playoffs. So I don't really see why there's any reason to doubt Derek White's volume going forward. I totally agree. Uh, all right, my layup this week, I'm I, he's right at the 50% rostered mark as we are recording this. Uh, it might be more when you're listening, but you can't blame me because I checked ESPN has him at 50% rostered. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., who is now on the Orlando Magic after the trade deadline. And since looks joining great, great facial hair, he looks fantastic in those colors, too. Looks good in the in the uh, pinstripes. And since joining the Orlando Magic, played four games, averaging 14.8 points, 9.5 boards, 1.5 assists, 1.5 uh, blocks on 25 minutes. But in his last two games, averaging 30 minutes per game and started the Magic's last game, which to me signifies the fact that as he's, you know, getting acclimated with Orlando and Orlando's getting acclimated with him. Like he could be an off and on starter, if not a constant regular starter for the magic moving forward. But at the very least is likely to see 30 plus minutes moving forward. Obviously that's going to boost all of those stats. Uh, and he could just be a walking double, double only three players this year 
are averaging 14 uh, points, nine and a half boards, and one and a half blocks per game. Natty, now it's your turn to guess. Can you name any of those three players? And can you name all those three players? Give me the numbers again, please. All right. At least 14 points per game, 9.5 boards per game, and 1.5 blocks per game. And 1.5 blocks. Um, Okay. Bam? No. Three players. Rudy. Rudy is a a go. Check. Okay. Uh, Siakam? No. They're Hmm. all, all traditional centers. I don't know. I got one. I'm going to got one. I, I said, and I, I politely said that you could get one and I'd still give you credit. So I will give you credit. The other two, big cat and Clint Capella. Ooh, Capella. I should have yeah. known big cat. Cause he should have, I was, you know, I, I was surprised that that wasn't your first guess. Uh, Cause Minnesota. I mean, Jesus. That's true. I mean, guys, imagine. I was watching, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, imagine, imagine if big cat was on a, a big market team that just didn't have like a death wish. Dude, I was watching more Wolves games back when it was just Ant and Big Cat was still out and it was just Anthony Edwards. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Isn't that uh, kind of bad? Isn't that so, bad? Because like, I love Cat and I it sucks. I mean, they're still terrible, but uh, yeah, we should pay attention to him because he's been magnificent since mm. he came back. Uh, but yeah, that's the, the point being is that Wendell Carter Jr., in yeah. elite company, like the fact that you can get like that, those guys for sure. Exactly. And you get them off waivers. And we've talked about this uh, back a couple weeks ago when the trade deadline happened, like the magic are just, they are solely in the let's let the young guys play and see what we got moving forward stage. There is no reason for them to win games. They're just going to let, let you give them minutes. Uh, and especially since Wendell Carter Jr. was kind of, obviously the picks were nice, but like he was the player that went for Vooch. Uh, they're going to, you know, give him a, lo- a long leash, I would think. And the man already has given you basically a double, double and, uh, and defense. And that's, you can't, you can't argue with those kinds of numbers. He is currently listed as the starting center for the magic. And this just begs the question, like, why did you keep Ken Birch or why did mm. you keep Mo Bamba? Like you should have Mo Bamba, especially. And it's like, if you don't, Mo Bamba, I feel so bad because the Magic bring in Wendell Carter. And he's like, God damn, man, you, you traded Vooch and I still can't fucking get out here. Are you kidding? Um, I don't know if there just weren't any good trade offers or if they even tried, but I don't really understand why they would, the Magic especially, would need to keep these three talented centers yeah. on the same team. Anyway, uh, Carter's looked great, as I said, just looks awesome in Orlando. And this is one of those like, Oh, he just needs a different team. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like he's going to be a heavy starter, him and Chuma Okeke. Um, I mean, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony will be back maybe from those ribs eventually there. I mean, there's some interesting young players on Orlando. People should definitely keep their eye out. Uh, people should also go to faketeams.com and read an article that Natty wrote a couple of weeks ago about the aforementioned Orlando Magic and all of the waiver wire targets that you can get from them. There's just plugging, throwing a plug out there. Shots there, you know, like people have to play. They they can't just forfeit the rest of the season. So T Sizzle, you know, will probably get a bunch of run. Um and they'll be valuable players over the rest of the season. And Chuma and Wendell are dynasty grabs. Like if you yes. can pick them up, 
in a dynasty league for rather cheap. You should do that. 100% agree. Um, before we go to an ad break, do you want to hear my latest bunny update? Yes, please. Best underrated newcomer of the year. Does bunny with one N, but rookie? I mean, it's it can mean whatever you want it to mean. Okay, wait. Can can I give you my bunny of the year then? Yes, hit me. Oh man, this is perfect synchronicity, Pete. I'm so love it because I wanted to bring this up uh, later, but this is perfect. Okay, so a newcomer is how about the dunking spot for non-traditional centers and front court players? By which I yes. mean a fucking guard who's in the dunker's spot in the front court most of the time. Yes. Nine players this season are averaging eight plus points per game, four plus boards, one plus dime, have a 54% field goal percentage and are shooting 75% from the free throw line. Those nine players are the Joker, Bam, DeAndre Ayton, John Collins, Rashawn Holmes, Jonas Valanciunas, Ennis Cantor, Ivica Zubats, all of whom are fucking enormous, and Bruce fucking Bruce, Brown, who's 6'4". Bruce Brown on the Brooklyn Nets, who's having a great month while people are, you know, injured and in and out of the lineup and blah, blah, blah. And shitting on Michael Rappaport. <laughs> Let's not even go to it. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, continue. He, Bruce Brown is showing that an undersized player can not dominate, but be efficient in mm-hmm, the post. Mm-hmm. He has a 59.7 true shooting percentage this year. 60 is when you're really, really good. He's not a scorer. Like I said, he eight points, four boards. But what he does is he doesn't fuck up. And while the rest of the perimeter-centric nets that are cycling through Kyrie, Harden, Durant, Brooklyn Joe, uh, Jeff Green, there, there's Bruce Brown, who the Pistons never should have let go, and he's just fucking playing his heart out down low. And it's amazing to watch. He's been so good. Yeah. He, he's been, he's, he's a bunny. That's, yeah. He's definitely a bunny. I like that. I like that. I think, cause that's the beauty of newcomer. Newcomer can mean all kinds of things. It could be a player joining a team for the first time, you know, like an underrated free agent signing could be underrated rookie player joint playing in a new position. There's a lot of flexibility with it. Um, yeah. There is Everyone that on that list is seven feet tall. They're right. all, they're, fucking inches taller than bruce brown there was that stretch in february and early march where he just went off and was averaging like 18 a game uh and and was you know obviously a fantasy darling during that he's he's a guy that role if like there are games where he can get hot and give you you know 15 points pretty pretty effortlessly i like it who is your open three let's take a first a quick ad break oh that's right i'm sorry it's okay. Got excited. I'm sure our listeners are, but we have Thank to you for forgiving me. We have to play these ads so that we make money. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
All right, we are back, uh, as Natty said, and asked, who's my open three? Well, my open three. These guys are under 35% rostered in ESPN. My open three this week is still, again, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We talked about him. I talked about him specifically last week. Uh, but I'm going to bump him again because now Josh Hart is out for yeah. the New Orleans Pelicans, which means even more opportunity is now going to be opened for Nah, uh, which I think is also – I feel like we should get that. And Kira Lewis is hurt, I think. I feel like that nickname we should get more like, you know, uh, SGA has really, you know, that's their SCA, I guess. Nah, NAW. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot to work with there. Uh, since starting the last seven games, he's averaging 18.9 points, 5.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, two steals or two stocks per game, excuse me, 44% from the three field, 40% from three. Again, I talked about him last week, so if you want a more in-depth dive into him, you can go listen to last week's show, but he's gonna he's getting you points. He's going to get even more runtime with the Pelicans dealing with more injuries and with Josh Hart ex- miss, expected to miss like basically an indefinite amount of time, even if Lonzo comes back, there's still a role for, you know, not to to slip right into and so his numbers probably won't even decrease that much with Lonzo coming back. So he is a guy who you should be rostering at a much higher clip than what he is. True or false, the New Orleans Pelicans have a better record than the Sacramento Kings. I feel like that should be true, but the fact that you are asking me it makes me feel yeah. like it's false. Before Sunday's games, the Kangs are 22 and 28. The Pels are 21. That's upsetting. Everybody's very upsetting since they traded JJ Reddick and maybe lied to his face. Like everything seems to have fallen to pieces. Um, they're a disappointing team. I think, yeah. I think that when you sign JJ Reddick and you trade for Steven Adams and you still have all these young guys like, yeah, have they had it? Yes. They've had bad luck. They've had injuries. They've had COVID like, uh, just like, most of the other teams just like every other team they're not even a play-in team right now yeah they're in the nine ten they're in the 12th spot um and if people are out longer then they're going to continue to dip is that the worst thing in the world for the pelicans as a franchise no that means you get a better pick and you know it was hard to believe that steven adams would be there for the entirety of his contract anyway but still like you have bled so like you just this is you were supposed to have pieces around to be at least solid, I think. Well, you know and what this is? This is like exactly what they did with with um, Anthony Davis, Davis yeah. where they got him. He was amazing. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to start moving. So they traded for Drew Holiday. And suddenly they were like this, this team that went from really bad to like good-ish with veterans. And so it's kind of like you can't. And while Anthony Davis is like learning how to be an NBA player, which obviously didn't take him that long. The guy was incredible from the word go, but it was dealing and, with, you know, growing into an, a real right. NBA body, you know? Right. Like, and so they just kind of like flirted like with this quasi playoff team quasi wasn't. And eventually to the point where they just were trading water so long, AD was like, all right, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I think the Pelicans, hopefully if I were that team, I would, Get rid of Eric Bledsoe, get rid of Steven Adams, get rid of all veterans and just be, be like, basically be like, okay, we are, we're a team of young players. We are going to steer into that. And yes, maybe it'll take a little bit longer to like truly compete, but 
let's figure out what Zion is to us. Like, what is he, what does he need next to him? Can he learn how to play defense at a reliable rate? Or do we need to get a hyper defensive minded guy next to him in order to balance that out, especially with Brandon Neek? Like, just figuring out what the pieces are for this roster, as opposed to like trying to like get available veterans to try to plug the holes for now and hope that maybe these young players can like push you into the back end of the playoffs. I just think that I think that they need to learn from what they did with Anthony Davis and like rushing the timeline with him to being like, all right, let's not do that with Zion and this young core we have. Let's give them the room to develop. And I think that's that is something that the Celtics have through trial and error kind of gotten to like they definitely the Kyrie like sped up the timeline other option (laughs) right exactly like the but Kyrie sped up the timeline but then it kind of forced Tatum and Jalen in a backseat and then Kemba came in and then Kemba or Hayward came in but then Hayward got injured so then it kind of thrust them like their timeline has been back and forth back and forth back and forth and now it's eventually settled on like all right this is the Tatum and Brown's team and everyone else is like stepping out of their way uh and they're sir and it's clock blocking time. Oh yeah, and it's clock box we, we team. Clock block, who's the greatest the NBA player of all time? Sorry, yes, that's so rude of me Come to on. not include him in that. He's the bunny. Let's go. Oh Come my on. God, he is the bunny. Oh lordy, twenty points, eight rebounds, uh, nine assists. Good. Oh my God, he looked good. Anyways, uh, that's yeah. Way to cut me off because otherwise I was going to keep rambling about the Pelicans. But, but that's my thoughts on the Pelicans. Time Lord is sort of like that vintage Boston athlete where it's like, he's not the best dude on the team, but he grabs the team and the fan base by the fucking balls because oh yeah, so much. Oh, I love it. Uh, who's your open three this week? My open three is a guy we keep talking about, and it's because it's he provides cheap volume and cheap counting stats. That is Jay Sean Tate. He is still 35% rostered or 33% rostered. So under the cutoff, he's the 66th best player over the past month at fantasy. He's first in total minutes played in Houston since February 1st. And I've said that before, but safe minutes. And it's just the easiest way to accumulate counting stats. Guys who play availability is the best ability. Since March 1st, he's 11 plus points per game, five plus boards, two plus dimes, one and a half steals per game. That's nice. Um, Jay Sean has 24 total steals and 93 total rebounds since March 1st. Only Sabonis, Westbrook, Rob Covington, and Jimmy Butler hmm. equal or exceed those totals. Like that's the kind of guy you're getting for nothing for under 40%. You're, you're getting those counting stats. You don't, the, the points don't matter. Uh, you're taking advantage of a shitty situation in Houston. And you know, like if everybody's healthy, will his numbers go down? I actually don't think so. Like he's out there because he's a good defender and because there's nobody else. But when everyone, if the Houston Rockets were at optimum, I feel like his efficiency would go up and his counting stats would remain static. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just going to keep pushing him because the, the Rockets are certainly playing him and you should be too, as a fantasy player. Totally. Uh, is it a, is it a very lazy comparison to say that he kind of reminds me of D Wade? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's lazy good comparison. You, that. you don't want to be lazy. Uh, 
in terms of like athleticism you mean and just like and just how his game is structured around like kind of bullying people to the hoop like he drives and it's right. scoring around the hoop yeah. he doesn't take threes um and just he's kind of a he's he has the similar built he's a smaller stockier guy 6'4 230 um yeah he just i i remember watching him when this when the hornets or rockets played the uh, celtics recently and like he just he he scores and he he kind of annoys me watching him play because he also he has that kind of like uh he was getting calls that i just didn't feel like a rookie should have gotten but that was just my own personal non-dr pete speaking um but yes he's a guy i have him rostered in one of my leagues and he's a great he's a perfect guy for like if there's a particular week where you need just a reliable streamer add him or if there is you know if you just need him for a day like adam he's going to get you consistent and and good production right when the rockets are playing four games in a week he will play Perfect. all four of those games so you'd rather play, have that right. production than someone with a few more points who's only playing three games right he's going to play all four he's going to play 32 minutes all four games and he's going to get you defensive points uh all right let's move on to our long twos final category these guys are 25 no just straight 20 25 yep under 20 20 and under rostered i am breaking our rule here mm. and this is why i was confused about 25 for 20 um <laughs> because i'm cheating gotcha because i'm cheating yep because he's 24 rostered. but i think i figured you'd be okay with that because he's on the pistons and that's hamadou diallo i thought it. i thought you'd be okay with this uh since being traded from okc four games he's played 24 minutes 14.5 points 5.5 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and then 58% from the field, 55% from three. He's just shooting roughly two attempts per game, but still, he's making half of them. You take that. Uh, he's like he's been, Jeremy he's been Grant's off. younger brother. Like they're yeah. both driving, they're both, you know, somewhat active on the perimeter. I, I've loved watching him since he came over. And that's, and that's, yeah, he's been often on the court for the Pistons, but went on, he's been making a clear impact. Uh, and I think he's going to like cement himself. A role, and obviously you can talk more to this since you are a Pistons fan. But it seems to me that like he is going to cement himself a role moving forward, where he will get more reliable minutes uh, on a game per game basis. Like he's still getting twenty four minutes, but he's playing like every other game, and I think that's just kind of getting acclimated with the trade. Uh, and then once he's kind of there, he's going to he's going to get you you know fifteen points, five six boards per game moving forward. Love it. The Pistons suddenly have like more players, like a then lot they know what to do with. <laughs> like Corey Joseph is there, and uh, Dwayne Casey knows him, and so he's played a lot and he's played well. Killian Hayes was back. He's coming yes. back, right? Um, but hopefully they're not going to give him too many minutes. They're just going to no toss him right into the deep end. Wouldn't that be so, the most Pistons thing possible? I mean, but I, I actually feel like the reason, the best reason for the Dwayne Casey signing was he knows how to get a team to 60 wins. Like that's a good coach with a track record, but he also knows how to develop young talent and young talent that doesn't really have pedigree. You know, he did a great job with the Raptors, that whole front office and coaching staff did a great job with everyone that they got. Dwayne Casey now has vets that he knows vets that he trusts and a bunch of young kids. And Diallo and Bay, I think, are the two best defender defenders on the perimeter. Like, I do mm. think that that going forward is a pretty good duo. Uh, Josh Jackson is a guy that should be coming off the bench. Like, 
yep. he should be our sixth man. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everything else, Jeremy Grant, like Diallo, Bay, Grant, and Plumley, and then you cycle through the point is better than we've seen in a while, I think, in Detroit. Or it's just uh it makes more sense. It seems competent. I think they've done a pretty good job, actually, even though Ooh. we got crushed by 40 points. But we're supposed to be bad. It's sensing fun. sensing some positivity here from Natty. He's he's drinking the Kool-Aid. You're buying in. Well, it's not just that we're tanking, it's that you can see positive momentum from the young sure. players. So Siku Demboya has uh I mean, he doesn't even play anymore, but every other young player on the team has looked pretty good. So we're a bottom three team. We're going to have a top five pick. Um, I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty good about the three years for the Pistons. Look at this guy. Look at this guy feeling happy about his team. Even as we lose by 40, it still (laughs) looks like, oh, that's, but you can see what the core moving forward is. And I think that's perimeter defense more than anything. And that's a good, that is a great place for a, uh, a team tanking to find themselves where it's like, I can see where we have, you know, two to three integral pieces uh, moving forward. Natty, why don't you wrap us up with your long two? Okay. My long two is a guy who's 18% rostered. So I'm not cheating like some. Nope. People. Well, you know, I figured it was a pistol. I, you know. I'm just trying to, you know, Natty, I'm just trying to bring the best information I can to the listeners and trying to give them the fantasy uh, advice that they need to win, even if it means breaking a few rules. Hey, this man of the people is out there to help the people. It's like an action movie. Like you're here to get the job done. Exactly. Break a few things on your way to doing that. That's what has to happen. It's the cost of doing business. Am I right? Yeah, I, I mean, I apologize for it's it's not <laughs> cheating. You were right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate my long that. two. My long two is supposed to have the be the least efficient pick, but he is actually one of the most efficient players in the entire NBA. He is 18 percent rostered. He is the 110th best player on the player Raider for the season. Ooh. He has the fifth most total minutes on his team for the season. Since March 1st, he's averaging 13 plus points per game, four rebounds, three plus assists. He has a 55% field goal percentage. And he has a 64 true shooting percentage on the season. This player is Jalen Brunson of the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, man. Jalen Brunson. Dallas has the fifth best winning percentage in the NBA since February 1st. That's two months. So they're on the up. As I said, he has a 64 true shooting percentage, which is 12th best of all NBA players who play at least 30 games, who have played at least 30 games and average eight or more shots per game. Jalen Brunson is tied with Steph Curry in true shooting percentage. Pretty good. Seems good. Excuse me. Out of all the players in the NBA this season who drive to the hoop eight or more times per game, these are the top four in field goal percentage on those drives. Are you ready? I am ready. It's obviously Jalen Brunson is one of them. <laughs> what? Right. The other three are Luca, his teammate, LeBron James. 
Who's good? And Giannis. Damn. Giannis is first in field goal percentage on drives at 62.7. Guess who's fucking tied with him? It's Jalen fucking Brunson on drive. Giannis is the size of a skyscraper. Jalen Brunson, no one even knows his fucking name. You wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. It is unfucking real how good he is on finishing. He is one of the most efficient players in the NBA right now. I don't really know how to explain it other than like Rick Carlisle found another guard. Um, this is the JJ Barea replacement, yeah, apparently. For sure. And like JJ Redick being a Maverick, like I could see maybe that cuts in a little bit, but not really. Like JJ isn't there certainly to defend and he's not there to distribute. He's just there to, you know, take passes from Luca really. So I, I think Jalen's role is pretty much assured going forward. He has been absolute fucking sniper. Well, and the thing is, is because of the fact like you talked about, like his calling card being just hyper efficiency is that he doesn't need a whole bunch of attempts to get you good scoring outputs. And so even Luca, if Luca, LeBron, Giannis and Jalen, right right and so first of all it's absurd that luke is doing that when he's like taking 20 attempts per game like good god yeah, uh yeah but but brunson like you know he's averaging about nine attempts per game right now so even if that decreases slightly but i don't think that's that's not going to decrease that much because just nine attempts is nothing <laughs> and and that is still and he's still getting you you know 12 13 points per game this season on that and it's so it's it is wildly impressive his efficiency and that's why you look for that's why players with good efficiency are great fantasy targets because if their minutes go down or if their usage goes down slightly they're still going to get you reliable production you can still trust them to do that they're not relying on taking you know 17 shots per game in order to get you a solid outing uh but if they suddenly step into more minutes or more usage they're going to just absolutely take off because that efficiency is going to mean that like, if they start shooting 13 times a game, you know, they're going to be averaging 15 plus points uh, with relative ease. So you've been long on the Jalen Brunson train. And so it, it feels good. I'm sure to, to be able to have got on him early and be just riding this high, watching greatness in front of your eyes, Natty. That's the only way to describe it. They're a team with momentum and he's part of it. And he's under 20% owned and his efficiency belies his long to itness. If I can use that terrible phrase. Um, He's, you know what he is? He's a long two from DeMar DeRozan. That's perfect. Perfect. Cash money or mellow. Let's go with mellow. Let's go with mellow. I mean, we are a Camilla Santity podcast. Uh, Before we go to studs and duds, Natty, do you have any from the logos to talk about? I do. He is playing right now. Rajon Rondo back, y'all. Rajon Rondo is back. He is playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. The first game he's playing in is against the Lakers. Um, He's, what, 5% rostered? Is he really? That seems so low for him. Well, because, I, I, I mean, who who knew he was injured? Like, he wasn't right. playing for Atlanta. Who knew what was going to happen? But the... Clippers have turned over their entire goddamn roster from the Sweet Lou Harold days. Like Pat Bev isn't playing right now. He's out injured. So Rondo is probably the lead guard. I mean, he's, I would rather have him than Arjax, but I'm a Pistons fan as well. Um, Rondo could 
be as valuable as TJ McConnell in terms of fantasy over the, in, in terms of assists in fantasy. He's mm-hmm. not going to get mm-hmm. as many steals, but like there, there's a real good reason to think that if a healthy Rondo who's on the cusp of the playoffs is back, that's a valuable fantasy player. So, um, you know, 10 plus assists is probably going to happen for Rondo at some point for the rest of the season. It won't be like that for every game, but like that one game, if it happens while you're in your fucking fantasy playoffs is something that will help you win. So he costs nothing. I would at least keep my eye on him and, you know, going forward, he could be fantasy gold. Yep. Uh, Also quick breaking news. The Clippers just signed DeMarcus Cousins to a 10-day contract. Good. Good. Well done, Clippers. All right, let's go to studs and duds. It is time for both Natty and I to pick one player who we think will perform above average in fantasy this coming week and one who will underperform in DFS. Uh, Natty, 2-0 last week. Well done. Just sneaky by with with Miles Plumley, Mason Plumley, excuse me, uh, as a stud. Just snuck. I think he's on the season. He's averaging like fifteen point six fantasy points, and this week he got you fifteen point eight, which just technically is better than uh, dude. Than but what that's what I was talking about last week. I was like, that's just what a you're talking about. Up and just a just little bit a down, a little bit up. Yeah. So your record this year ten and six, and we are now tied because I went one and one. So I'm also ten and six on the year. Nice. So after having a commanding lead, I have just shattered away. Um, but we're going to stay on the positive. We're going to prevent the slide from continuing. It's nice to be same. Let's, you know, it's zero, zero. Let's keep going. All right. I'm going to get the win. Uh, my stud this week is Aaron Gordon for the Denver Nuggets. Incredible. Really? Well, he's my dud because I I think I've chosen him already as a dud and I shouldn't do that, but yeah, keep going. Tell me why I'm wrong. I love this. I love this. We're tied and we're both having a stud dud off. Uh, Yeah. First time ever, maybe at least this, I think so. That's impressive. If that's the first time ever, uh, plays the Pistons plays the Spurs twice and then Boston on Sunday. And I just feel like, he is going to go off against the Celtics just to rub salt in the wound of <laughs> not being able to trade for him. It just feels like that narrative is pre-scripted and it's going to happen. He has been working extremely well in Denver as, yes. as that dunk role uh, that we talked about with Bruce, with Bruce Brown. Uh, he's great cutting to the basket and obviously Jokic is loving having a player who, who will aggressively make moves to the basket when he's in the post. So I like, I like Aaron Gordon this week. You don't, I like it. I think all of the reasons you said it's like, I'm the mirror image or the mirror opposite from all the, like, I think that Boston is going to try to show Aaron Gordon why they didn't Mm, trade for him. Okay. Detroit. I like how you as a, as a non Celtics fan have more confidence in the Celtics than I do. It's a classic, classic Boston fandom. Also with Boston versus Denver. I mean, I, I love Time Lord, but Joker's going to get his. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, totally. I love Kemba and Marcus, but Jamal Murray is going to get his. Um, I don't know really how well the Boston defenders will go up against Michael Porter Jr. I think that could be tough. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't put pick Maga Porter, Porter Jr. to be my stud for anywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also. The Detroit game, even though I do expect Denver to blow us out of the water, I think Jeremy Grant will play hard. Mm. And so 
You sure, know, it's either going to be Grant or Sadiq Bay against Aaron Gordon. And I think both those guys are going to try their best and just they'll make it a hard game on Gordon. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, playing San Antonio is always sort of a headache. So, right. again, this week, I think he's just going to be a little bit below. You know, he's like 11, 4, and 2 and a steal. I think like that's the sort of line he'll have over the huh. next week, which is definitely solid but not up to his season numbers. Awesome. Well, I love the fact that we are tied for the first time and that we're taking a differing opinions on one player for the first time. That's yeah, beautiful. that's great. This is really going to be a dividing line. I love this. Nice. Uh, uh, who's your stud this week? Okay, so my stud is 41% rostered, which isn't really stud levels, but he plays for the Raptors. And the Raptors are now down Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. He is the newest Raptor, Gary Trent Jr. Mm, Over the nice, past week, call. second in minutes per game for Toronto. He has four three-pointers made per game. He's averaging 19 and four boards. Um, he's taking the second most shots. There's, with the two guards out, I think it's the Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam show over the next yeah. week at least. So, you know, there, there, there isn't anyone else really. Um, I just think that he's looked great in Toronto. Uh, he has more opportunities and I think that they're going to really depend on their wings over the next week with both of their star guards out. So this yeah. is not just a volume play. I, I like Gary Trent Jr. A lot. I think he is a good dynasty pickup. Um, but I just think that uh, the forwards and the bigs are going to be the story of Toronto over the next week or two. Sorry, I was yawning. Yes, that's a great call. I like <laughs> not not to not... watch Toronto games. I get it, man. I get it. Like they're, they don't look good recently. Like they're, yeah. I mean, out of the playoffs, maybe. Except for, except for them the when, when they blew, absolutely blew the doors off the Warriors. Yeah, a lot of 40 point games recently, which is weird. I but I think that kind of high variance happens when you have tanking teams and totally. Um, I mean well, the and Raptors just when, aren't even in the playoffs right now. They're they're in the eleventh seed. So uh, right. geez, they're only two games up on Wizards. Yeah. It's a weird, weird season. Weird shit happens. Uh all right, let's wrap up my dud for this week. Is I I was going to pick someone else on this team, but then I was like, you know what, Pete, go big or go home. This is probably going to absolutely eviscerate me. This is going to, it's going to happen that both Aaron Gordon is going to bomb and uh, my dud, John Morant, is going to thrive. Oh, shit. That was my original dud. Really? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, so, so then nah. you can't shit on it. Yeah. Oh, no, he has, no, no. he has to, he has to drive against Bam out of bio. Clint yeah. Capella, Nerlens Noel, and Miles Turner. That's yeah. a murderer's row of play, of defenders to go that's up against. That's tough no matter who you are. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, so that's absolutely awful. So I just think Jaw is going to uh, – I was originally going to do Dylan Brooks, and then I was like, but Dylan Brooks shoots threes. And I was like, Jaw Morant doesn't really shoot threes. So I am, I'm going all in on Jaw. And Jaw's in a tough sophomore slump. Um, yeah. He's, let's see, he's 125 on the player rater for the season. You, that's a disappointment. You'd rather he was better than that. But again, he's a sophomore. And it's not even just like the rim protectors. Like Miami, Atlanta now has. Atlanta's better. all of a sudden just become a, yeah, top defense. 
And then the Knicks and the Pacers, like those are tough guards you're going up against. That's going to be a really tough schedule for him. I love you so hard. I am in absolute agreement with you. I'm glad you said it Um, because we both love Ja, and I think we both love that team. It's tough though, man. Like that's a fucking rough schedule, no matter who you are. Yeah, that's it's absolutely brutal. Uh, All right, before we go, Time for our favorite segment. Natty says more shit. Natty, what do you have to do to have to say to wrap us up? I don't have anything really interesting other than <laughs> the Lakers can't win without LeBron or AD. Or Kyle Kuzma draining 30 points. Do you like how after last week we were like, Kyle Kuzma has been letting us down. Kuzma just goes off. So you're welcome, Good. Lakers fans. Flint zone. Well done. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes, but you're totally right. Seed, but, you know, they're, I think they've lost all four games. There's a hierarchy in the East. There are only three teams that have at least 30 wins. In the West, though, there, there are six. So you can see the Lakers, they're, they're 31 and 18. The Nuggets are 30 and 18. The Blazers are 30 and 19. And Dallas, who's 27 and 21, like I said earlier, have the fifth best overall winning percentage in the NBA for the past two months. Teams are coming. It would not be that surprising to me if the Lakers are in the 7, 8, maybe even 9 or 10 if one of these other teams go on a roll. And that's fucking rough. Because yeah, then not what you want. Then you have to think about, okay, well, wait a second. Are we rushing AD or LeBron back, or are we waiting to make sure that they're healthy, which means that your win-loss record might be even worse? Like, I'd almost rather be conservative and be like, so long as we're in at least the 10th seed, like, we can win one game. That's fine. Yeah, we're not totally. About but this is a high-wire act, man. Like, the... If the Lakers fall out of the playoffs, that is a Yikes. catastrophe. And I also think it means that AD and LeBron don't play again this year. Ooh. As like if they're both out, you love to see I think the only that would happen is because they're out for at least one or two weeks longer than we're told, in which case it won't matter. Maybe they shouldn't have spent all of their offseason filming Space Jam 2. Uh, I mean, they played more than anybody else. You know, I don't want. Boston, I don't want actual. I don't want around. actual reasons, Natty. You know, I'm right. Maybe some Space Boston Jam's Celtics should have tried to be in Space Jam too, and then they would be looking better than they do this year. Look, this is this is the uh, the um, oh my god, Isaiah Thomas meme of I made I fit the qualifications. I just don't know why I wasn't selected. Let's be honest. Wait, someone There's just no signed way, him, didn't they? No way, LeBron is. Le- Oh, actual Isaiah Thomas or Isaiah Thomas, the current basketball player. Yes. Signed with the, uh, the Pelicans. I was talking about Isaiah Thomas, the Detroit Piston. Of the oh, Piston era not IT. Okay. When he See, didn't, when it. he didn't make the, uh, whatever it was, was it the Olympic team or the all-star team? Because Michael Jordan said he didn't want him on the team. And yeah, Isaiah Thomas well, is like, I met all the qualifications. I, there's no way LeBron was going to have a, a Boston Celtic in his movie. Come on. There's, there's reason to believe that LeBron is friends with absolutely everybody in the NBA. So like, I, I don't think that he would hate on having Celtics in there. It would even be funny if he did like he's, 
he's such a charming dude. Like, you know, he could convince anybody to do anything in the NBA. If he asked right. the Jays in Boston to come in, they would have said yes. All right. Let's finish this podcast up. Let's enough LeBron James praise. Hey man, right? LeBron's killed my team much, much harder than he's killed yours. Okay. That fourth quarter in overtime in the playoffs in 2007 destroyed my franchise for over a decade. Just saying. Like, I have more reason to hate on him than you guys do. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Dudes Podcast. <laughs> Where we get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football podcasts. Fantasy baseball is up and running, people. So if you play, make sure you tune in. Follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. Uh, Natty, until next week, stay safe, my friend. Everybody have a great week. Be safe.